Today's interview is all about questing for inner peace in an open world adventure. It's time to talk about Aka. Before we actually get into the game itself, tell me about your development background. You know, you've made one game prior to this, what I've seen, uh, Trip to the Moon. That game was very different from this one. So talk to me about that learning curve and kind of what got you into game development. Before uh, going into game development, I was an animator. So during that time, I learned a little bit of programming, but it's true that it's been just a couple of years. I opened Unity, I learned C Sharp, and it's true that it's a pretty big leap between <laughs> a trip to the moon and and Aka, but I guess I just believed in the in the project enough. And it's true that the, the, the response from a trip to the moon, it has been well received, right? And maybe it gave me like a confidence to start my first project. Yeah, kind of what's your uh, what's your team look like? I started alone. I was convinced I would do a solo dev project because the thing is all these years before I was working with a pretty big team, right? In the animation industry, I was, I don't know, dreaming of something I would do just by my own. However, I mean, I have some help for some assets. Uh, she's called uh, Justine Londo and she's helping me some uh, modeling and surfacing. I have a musician too. Uh, his name is Kunin. I'm super happy with, with the work he's done so far. At some point I wanted to do everything by myself. But, but, but you're right, it's an open, open world. Even if it's a small game, uh, it's pretty ambitious in terms of programming. Yeah. Recently, I d I've decided to hire someone to help me on the on the development. From an art style standpoint, was it like strategic to kind of start off with a platformer since you know it's it's a little bit more linear in that sense? Yeah, it was completely strategic to start with a platformer because that's what everyone says, right? It's easier, of course, from a programming point of view. And I had a, an idea I, I kind of liked, but I didn't know where I was going exactly. I kind have changed my mind yeah. a few times and then I had the idea of Aka. From an art style standpoint, you said you were doing some of the drawings and that's kind of where the, uh, the creative aspect came from. So kind of from an artistic style standpoint, is that why this game is more focused on kind of that animated-esque hand-drawn style rather than like a pixelation or like an ultra-realism or something like that? Yeah, that's that's a good question actually because I'm convinced that the art style uh, should match the purpose of the game, what 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 the game wants to tell. Yeah. And uh, coming from animation, it's really important for me, you know, to think about the style itself. And when I started Aka, it was way more stylized. And at some point, I started to think that it would be more appropriate to have the Ghibli-esque art style because when you watch a movie from Ghibli, you, you want to dive into that world, right? Yeah. It's so detailed and there's so many things to look at. And I always feel that when you do something uh, pixel art that is maybe more stylized, you kind of take some distance between the screen and you, and you start to think about the grid, you start to think about the, the world itself, and I kind of never really forget I'm in a video game, so I decided, okay, maybe if I have a more animated um, style, it, it, it would fit uh, the game. Okay. Mm. With that in mind, talk to me about the game's world itself. I mean, is 
there's a major focus on the fact that you know it is an open world game and you have this you know this focus on all the nature around on the different islands and uh, kind of aesthetic in that sense talk to me about the game world in a sense from how large it is and then kind of how varied the different environments are you're going to be playing in yeah so it started as a, as one island with different biomes right now i kind of seen the limit of of that because at some point i started to ask myself okay to go from point a to point b how long will it be so i decided to divide it in several islands just for um, just so it's easier to to travel from one biome to another because again you know i i really loved i really enjoyed playing a short hike and in terms of scale it's definitely closer to short hike compared to breath of the wild <laughs> it's like <laughs> It's probably it's probably a short hike, uh, a little bit bigger. Okay. So like Aka is meant to be, I think, easy to play. So it's small islands divided in, in in four four different biomes. I really like the idea of having really different. Uh, you know, it's, there's a snowy mountains and tropical forest and another biome more inspired by I would say European you know uh, elements, probably French. And another one more inspired by uh, Eastern countries. From a strategic so, standpoint, is it also a way to kind of be able to add on to the game after you launch in a sense, because you can kind of just tack on more islands in a way? That's <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I have this goal in my mind okay. and I'm like, okay, if I'm, let's say I miss an island or let's say I have a great idea I want to add, it can be a DLC in the future, like a, like a free DLC. I think it would be a mistake to do an early access because of the size of the game. Does that kind of make you hesitate on making a demo then? I think I will release a demo because first it's super useful to have uh, um, a player's feedback. Probably for the next uh, Steam Fest my, in June, my goal is to have a, a demo. Okay. So it's an open world game, <clears throat> so there's a lot of different NPCs in this world, obviously. Walk me through the impact they have on the player, walk me through kind of the impact they have on the overall story. The goal of the game is to find inner peace, right? It's a pretty vague um, goal. However, um, the NPC will play a big role, of course, because first there is the, the villagers, so you can help them. Of course, by helping them, you help yourself too. It's, it sounds cliche, but I think it's true <laughs> here in the world we are living in. And there's also another kind of NPC, uh, and they are the, the ghosts, you know, these demons from the past. So these demons represent what he has uh, experience during the war. You will have to talk with them, you will have to solve some quests, I would say, if, if we can put a, a name on, on it. With the story concept, you know, you'd mentioned it's more vague than hitting on one specific thing. Does that mean from like going to the game and trying to complete it from beginning to end, is there like multiple ways you can complete it or is there multiple ways you can approach it? Kind of how does that work from a story standpoint? Yeah, I like the idea that you arrive in the game and you don't know exactly what to do. Okay. Hopefully the, the world will, will be like engaging, engaging enough so you're willing to discover a little bit more. I mean, pretty quickly you will have some stuff to do, right? Okay, let's talk to this guy. Okay, he's telling me something. Or maybe I prefer to um, try to experiment the farming aspect and by doing the farming i think you can even play the game without doing the quest okay. i also like the idea that you can decide to 
<laughs> to refuse a little bit um, what happened in the past and you're like, no, I don't care, this ghost exists, whatever, like, I just want to craft and have fun. So it's more about, like, world immersion than anything else, you know, with a kind of a story wrapped yeah. around it. I think it evolved a little bit, but when I started this game, I kind of liked the idea of not even having a real story. I really like this idea of, um, of a messy design where there's a lot of pointless actions you can do, but the whole thing makes a whole. Okay. With that in mind, actually, you mentioned the crafting part of the game. So walk me through how crafting and farming works within the game itself. And then kind of how does that play a role in like the overall gameplay? Of course, it has an impact on the story because, for instance, you would have to cook, let's say, something for a character or you would have to grow a certain flower that maybe a a ghost want to have on, on their grave or something. Yeah. So um, it will help like solving some quests. It's also just the pleasure the character has to take care of his little island. Then the system itself, you will be able to decorate your house like you want uh, with a limited amount of objects, I think like a dozen or something. And the farming system, um, the difference between the typical farming system and the system in Aka is because if you take the, um, the usual approach of other games, you plant, then you sell, then you get more money to buy more seeds, to plant more and expand your territory. I would say it's a little bit basic loop. And in Aka, it's almost the opposite where you want the the nature the wild animals uh, to go back on the island okay. so you you will have to take care of this small portion and um, you will have to take care of what you place next to what the design of your garden has an importance again a little bit like in permaculture yeah you'd mentioned you know you started off with one island and then you kind of expanded from there so with the biomes obviously they would have to have expanded pretty radically from that point. How big was the change from just going to one to multiple? Even if they're smaller, how massive was that development curve for you? Yeah, there's multiple reasons why I decided to divide it in, in several islands. From a technical standpoint, of course, it's easier to manage. So from like the different biomes to kind of the core mechanics of the game itself, from a development standpoint, or even from an artistic standpoint, kind of what proved to be the most difficult aspect of making this game? As I mentioned, you know, you had your previous title, which very, very different, obviously. So kind of what was the biggest roadblock for this game? I'm still in it, I would say. Okay. <laughs> it's, um... You're always making a game is like is like is like a puzzle, you know. Like you solve something, it breaks something else. You solve this. Um, the biggest challenge on Aka, I would say, is first designing the UI. If you're curious, you check my Twitter, and it changes like almost every week. Like the inventory is on the bottom, then it's on the left, on the right, on the <laughs> and. You have so many feedbacks, everyone has a different idea of what is... I mean, and it's really hard to find something that works. The second biggest challenge, I would say, is related to the um, yeah, the loading screens. Okay. You quickly have... It, it quickly gets massive, even if it's a small island. And I had to remove uh, stuff I've done in the past. Like, for instance, I was really happy because I had these um, randomly generated plants that I had to remove because it was just too heavy. However, now it, it, it was like one minute to, to load uh, an island, which is like unacceptable because you want just a few seconds. So 
These are the two main things I think that are the most challenging. One thing that comes to mind with indie development, it's it's a huge world now. There's tons of indie devs out there making tons of different titles. There's a lot of upside to the exposure you can get to the amount of recognition you can get for your games in that sense but with anything there's always some negatives so in the indie world kind of what is something that pops out to you whether you know it's marketing whether it's just trying to get your game licensed and published like what's something that pops out is a more negative aspect of the industry yeah so the first negative aspect i didn't expect it to happen but um when you when you start you wish that some people follow you right so you you publish your stuff you have a handful of people and then you start to get some exposure and it's a little bit what happened with Akia. but you feel uh, you feel some pressure you feel some pressure you feel uh, now you have a few thousand people to um, to to please with this game and then when you are when you're contacted with the publishers, everyone has a different a point of view of what the game would be. Yeah. And in, it makes you doubt, I would say, on some aspect of the game. You start to think like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe it could be this, maybe it could be that. So it's, I would say it's hard to, to, to keep a clear vision of what you want to do. So kind of looking at the roadmap moving forward, right? What does what does 2022 hold for the game? Do you kind of have a release date tentatively? Do you have kind of certain steps you're looking towards taking? Like obviously you mentioned maybe having a demo. Uh, something will happen probably March. It's a, it's a crowdfunding on Kiss Kiss Bank Bank. Okay. For a specific reason is because I presented Aka on um, in a competition called uh, Game Cup, okay. and it arrived uh, second, so I'm really happy with it. And the price was that they're gonna help me for crowdfunding, and they put some money on it, you know, um, at the beginning. Okay. Then the the second big objective is the demo in June for the Steam Fest, and then uh, a release in autumn. Just looking at uh, Aka, what platforms do you want to launch this game on? Uh, PC and Switch. Okay. It might change, I might add more uh, platforms, like um, I'm in discussion right now, It's uh, but PC and Switch for sure. I, 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 don't, I don't have a, um, a game kit from Nintendo, so at first I was like, it's gonna arrive in a, in a second time. But um, some companies are, you know, uh, they are, uh, it's their job yeah. to port the game on, on Switch. So we are probably going to hire a company to do that. Okay. And you mm. mentioned, you know, you thought about it being a post-launch thing. So last question would be, once the game releases, and obviously that's, you know, a year away at this point, do you have a plan after that for whether, you know, it's this game from DLCs and sequels, whatever that may be, or even, you know, another game. Kind of what's what's your next steps after you kind of get this game out there? Have you even thought about it, that at this point? Honestly, I there there is something I had in my mind is to talk about uh, what happened before, during the war, actually. Okay. Or maybe right after, like, maybe something closer to, I would say, a survival game. Okay. Uh, I thought it might be interesting. At the same time, I'm torn between that, like expanding the universe, because it's really tempting. You start to, a little bit like what, again, Eric Barony is doing with um, 
with a Star Giovanni, right? Yeah. He's expanding on the universe and he's, he's gonna release another game that is gonna add to the, So it's really nice. At the same time, I'm tempted to do the exact opposite. Like, I have other ideas that are like on the complete opposite spectrum. Just because when you spend so much time, like your game become your life almost. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I just want to <laughs> do something else. <laughs> it also depends on the success of Akka. Yeah. If, if nobody's playing it, there's no point doing a sequel. <laughs> fair point. That's a fair point. There you have it. Namor Games is an incredibly talented studio. It's a one-man video game making machine, and I cannot wait for Akka to be released this year. However, if you're as impatient as I am, all of his social media pages are down below. The Steam page where the game is down there. Make sure you check all of that out and stay tuned for more interviews on the way. I am Nick. This is the side quest, and I will see all of you later. Take it easy.